Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are back with more ACC under review. This is episode six of that series, episode 257 of the Gramlich and McLean pod. So as I always say, if you missed any, (laughs) there's there's a lot of episodes out there. But Mac, we are doing a a two-state show. I'm up here in a hotel, so I don't have my headphones, which is totally on me. I had a real boomer moment. I just completely forgot them. But Mac has his lighting. He's got his headphones. He's ready to go in the home studio. You know, I'm I'm just doing my best over here, trying to trying to survive, trying to thrive. You know, just trying my best. Um, it, it's a nice trade off when you have the bad internet. And, and you know, we actually found the solution when I was at my parents. We did find the solution, so yes, that was good. I was on the wrong Wi Fi. I was on the the like garage Wi Fi. I was in the house. Silly me. Who who has two Wi Fi's at their house? That's that seems like a a weird thing there by Mama Mac. But yeah, excited to continue this. It's been really fun. You know, this this mini series is one of my favorite things that we do. Just getting to to really hone in on one team per episode. This episode, the Pitt Panthers. Uh, my guy Pat Bostic is joining us, the color analyst for the radio network there at Pittsburgh. Just a, a really cool guy. Played ball there, as as you all know. Played quarterback for Pitt. Uh, also works in the development part department. So some of you might have got some calls, you know, from Pat. Need some money. Uh, okay, we got to keep getting this thing going in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it, it's been really fun. Before we dive into Pitt, KG, can you tell us a little bit about our Rock'em Socks partner. Indeed. First of all, do not decline past calls, Pit fans. Make sure you answer. <laughs> they, you know, you, you want to be involved there. And I want to send out this challenge. That's right. Last year, in our ACC Under Review series, Pitt was our most listened to episode. Now, Pitt was coming off the ACC title, etc. So, Pitt fans, can you do it again? That's a good question. I think right now, <laughs> I believe right now, early returns, I think Florida State is leading. When you combine YouTube yes. and, of course, podcast listens. So, um, mm-hmm. fans, you know, what's up? NC State, we put that oh, up yeah. Friday. <laughs> we'll see. I think we have maybe should do an extra sock giveaway to the fan base. That has oh, Okay. I like that. Just I like that. Water. I'm all right. in with that. Absolutely. Yes. Speaking of socks, we have teamed up with Rock'em Socks, the world's largest sock store. Shop from over 10,000 plus exclusive sock designs including college football teams. They have every ACC team. And it's not just football. They've got basketball socks. They've got, you know, your ACC paired with Star Wars or whatever you want. We've got Grandma National socks <laughs> that are going out to some special winners on Twitter. They've got entertainment properties. They've got superhero dudes. They. I also was looking. They have different TV shows. If you're a Ted Lasso fan, they've got Ted Lasso socks. If you're a Friends fan, Friends socks. You know, the, the real television, not the superhero stuff, man. That's right, KG, and our listeners can get 20% off. All you have to do is go on to rock'emsocks.com, type in our code GML20. Get all the socks you want in the whole world, and then type that in. We're going to save you some money. Really appreciate you guys. Who knows? Maybe you'll find your next pair of lucky game socks that just takes your team to the next level. Rock'em can help you do that. Rock'emsocks.com, and again, GML20. We're going to save you some money there. But let's get to Pat Bostic. Really enjoy this interview. We're talking all thing Pitt Panthers. Let's go. Pat, 
Welcome into the show, my brother. Super excited to have you join us today. Listen, the Pitt Panthers finished with a nine-win season, really capitalized at the end of the year. Izzy Abanacanda was a revelation. That defense was nasty. They finished second in the country with 48 sacks. Just to get started here, give us your give us your thoughts on the entire season. Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, it was a it was an interesting year, kind of a year of uh, kind of a tale of two halves, if you will. Um, season started with a bang, you know, in the backyard brawl and MJ Devonshire taking that pick six to the house. Uh, and then the Tennessee game, I thought was that was kind of a breakthrough game that if you win that game, you're you're top 10, you're you're rolling. And unfortunately, you know, injuries um, to the quarterback position kind of derailed that hope. And uh, I thought inconsistent quarterback play in the middle part of the year, um, despite Izzy just going off and the defense continuing to to play at a high level, which they have really for three, four years now under Pat Narduzzi. Um, they weren't able to get over the top, beat teams like Carolina, Louisville on the road, two road wins that you need to get if you're going to compete for a title. And um, But to finish with five straight, to win that bowl game you know, against UCLA, you're really shorthanded, I thought was a sign of, of what's to come. And there's reason for optimism for sure. They've retooled in the offseason. And I think 20 wins in two years, obviously second to Clemson. Um, you know, in the ACC is is something to be proud of and something to build off of. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll take it um, for sure, especially after losing Kenny Pickett, who's just one of the greatest players in pit history. And we're seeing what he's doing with the Steelers. You mentioned the tale of two halves. At the end of October, the Panthers are four and four and back-to-back losses. They, things aren't going great. But then you rattle off five straight wins. And Mac and I said the best ACC bowl win of the season was Pitt over UCLA. I mean, that was a great win. So in your estimation, Pat, being around the program, what led to this turnaround in November? Well, I, I think, you know, defensively, they they continued to get after the quarterback. Takeaways were a big part of it. U- UVA, I mean, two pick sixes in the first 15 <laughs> seconds or whatever Have it was. you ever seen anything like, I mean, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Never. Tim Salem, our tight ends coach, told me that he was a part of a, a, a small college game and in Arizona where there were two pick sixes and then a three and out punt return for a touchdown in the first minute. So um, that would be the topper. Um, I forget the school, but um, no, I've never been around it. Uh, But I would just say that the opportunistic defense, um, stingy defense, more explosion in the passing game. I mean, Jared Wayne had a thousand yard year and and really did it in seven games, um, which is impressive. I, I thought they got more consistent quarterback play. And this leaned on Izzy, and then Rodney Hammond started to come back mm-hmm. a little bit towards the end of the year. That offensive line was was terrific. But, uh, you know, it was really putting all the parts together and, um, you know, playing, you know, quality complementary football, which, you know, they did at times early, lost it in the middle of the year, and then got a lot of confidence, you know, going into the end of the year, and then obviously take a lot of confidence from, from beating a really explosive, talented UCLA team who was at full strength. Yeah, and I just want to ask about the bowl game. Just one more question there because nobody, I mean, nobody was predicting that Pitt was going to go there and win. I, I think not Vegas, not anybody. I assume you were out there with them, Pat. Like, tell us more about the mindset of the Panthers heading into that game and, and how they got the victory. Uh, yeah, I think if there's one thing about Pat Narduzzi, he can assume the the underdog mentality <laughs> really well. And, and, and Pat's an underdog that will bite you. And um, – that's uh, what we love about him here in Pittsburgh. And um, I think, you know, there was a lot of chatter about UCLA's got no opt-outs. You know, they love football, all the things that, you know, they're bulletin board material. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you watch the guys, I was there all week. If you watched our, our players, there was just an energy and pep about being there. They knew what kind of opportunity it was. They knew that they, they beat this team there in the top 25 for the second straight year, something Pitt hasn't done since 81-82. 20 wins in two years since 81-82. Um, you know, there's significance to that. And I think, you know, this Pitt program cares about legacy. Um, and they don't want to be slighted. And I thought, you know, they had an opportunity on on a national stage to prove that they're more than just Izzy Abanacanda and, and Kalijah Kansi. And they yeah. did that. Yeah, and, and I think that was – Man, just really impressive because, again, outsiders, people that, that you know, rarely get to see, you know, those glimpses of, of practices or meetings or locker room talk and all those different things. We see that and it's like, man, all these guys are gone. They, they've got no shot. I mean, we saw UCLA all year, the, the, the production, the explosiveness, all those things you just pointed out. But the better team came together and they found a way to win and got down and rallied back and then, you know, marched down the field. Our boy Nick Patty, my gosh, yeah. finally gets his moment. and. uh you know, looked tremendous and, and led his team down the field, game-winning field goal, uh, which is really cool to see that. And, and one of the best, again, games of, of the postseason, for sure the best in, in the ACC. We're going to talk about that defense. You keep bringing them up. We're all three. Look, we're all three offensive people. We're going to stay on that side of the ball here for a little bit. Uh, we saw a completely different-looking pit offense this year. I mean, these guys ran the ball like crazy. And part of that was just, again, you brought it up, the lack of ability at times, lack of consistency, probably a better word. Um, than we've seen in recent years, especially with Kenny Pickett, but also because Izzy Abanacana was really freaking good, and this offensive line blocked their tails off. So I knew he was going to take some steps forward, just natural kind of progression there. But, man, there's no way I expected what he did this year. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – I think with Frank Signetti coming down from Boston College, you know, I know Frank, pl- played for Frank at Pitt, knew what he wanted – you know, he fit what Pat Narduzzi wanted coming off of Kenny Pickett, which was a, a return to some more balance – Lost Jordan Addison in the offseason. That was well-documented. Needed to, to, to run the rock, control the clock, and establish the line of scrimmage. And they were able to do that from Jump Street. Um, there were ebbs and flows in there. But the thing about Izzy is, you know, he's, he's going to have a successful NFL career because he can, he can hit the home run. Um, it, you know, when he gets to the second level, you know, he's, he's a great one-cut runner. And when he gets to the second level and you're even, he's leaving. He's gone. And, <laughs> Come and on. That's, that's, that's just the – the reality of it, they knew that coming out of, you know, a small, small high school, you know, up in New York, that, that he had breakaway speed, was a yeah. hundred meter guy. And, you know, he was just terrific all year long. And I think those home run hitting runs, you know, setting up the wide zone the way they did, mm-hmm. it was only a matter of time where you were going to pick wrong on defense. Right. And you were going to go over the top instead of coming underneath and he was going to hit that cutback and it's, you know, good night, Irene. And he did that on more than one occasion. Right. Well, how, how, I mean, how about that Virginia Tech game? I mean, how fun was that to call for that to witness? Because it was just like he never ran out of gas. He, he Until the very end of the game, this dude's breaking off 70-yard touchdown runs. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I think the thing that was most fun, and Eric, you'll, you'll, you'll love this, you know, given your background. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, one one scheme. You know, it was it was power. It was stretch. It was toss. It was wide zone it was counter it was all of it so were that were the coaches just closing their eyes and throwing like a dart on a board say oh yeah let's just try this let's see what happens i think when you got a guy that's feeling it like that you know (laughs) uh, i know i have much respect for for how difficult it is to call plays but you got a guy that's feeling like this in a line that just is begging to run the football um you pretty much dial up you know any play number on that sheet and you're gonna be all right I, I love that, begging to run the football. And, you know, it brings us to our next point here because Izzy's moving on, as you mentioned, I think going to be 
um, sought after in the draft. And then you've got Rodney Hammond Jr., who's right there, ready to go. And this O-line could even be better this coming year than last year. So I know you're bringing in Phil Dracovic, and we're going to get to that. But I still feel like Pitt's going to have somewhat of a run-first mentality as we head into 23. Would you agree? Totally. Yeah, I think that's their DNA. Um, you look at this offensive line, and we talked about in the offseason, five of those those five seniors coming back, they didn't play one yeah. snap together all year long. Which is crazy. Yeah. Such, crazy. you know, a, excitement, expectation, and then, you know, that happens. You're just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Minor was the only guy that played in every game. Yeah. And, um, you know, he'll have a bright future as well. But, you know, guys like Branson Taylor, Mack and Salvis, you know, Jake Cradle and Blake Zabovic are coming back. Some young guys that got – you know, on rotation, Ryan Jacoby, Ryan Bear. Um, this offensive line's big. They're athletic. They're deep. You know, Dave Borbley's done a great job, and they're going to return that group, and they're going to they're going to be bulls on parade up front. You know, all year <laughs> long. And I think, um, you know, Rodney's a different runner than than Izzy. It's one of the reasons I thought they were such a one-two punch, and it was a shame mm-hmm. that that Rodney got you know tripped up early against West Virginia. But Rodney moves the pile, man. He's a he's he's a guy that finds a crack and, and turns two into eight. Um, you know, he, he, he can hit the home run. I think that's going to be, you know, offseason, getting getting that lower leg 100% right. Um, so he's ready for, for a you know, more significant workload in, in 23. But he's going to be the guy. And, you know, Sebo Flemister is a guy transferred from Notre Dame that gave him really good snaps this year. You know, Daniel Carter's a, a young player that, you know, has played some fullback and some short yardage. Um, and obviously they picked up a, a, a local transfer and Derek Davis from LSU who, was a, a heck of a high school recruit. Not sure, you know, which side of the ball he'll play, but, you know, he's got athleticism and speed. So, you know, Pitt has found a way over the years to, to produce great running backs. And, you know, I think Rodney's the next one up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And, and again, you talk about scheme, you talk about all these things. I mean, it's just, it's who Pitt is. I know we took a little break there in that stint where we had a generational quarterback and we threw it all over the yard. But, man, I just think of the the tough, gritty teams and, you know, even back in, in 17 or 18 when, you know, the 2,000-yard rushers in the backfield. I mean, that that's pit football to me. And so one guy that I think can can aid that just with the things he's done, he's familiar with the coordinator, his running ability himself, and, and that's Phil Dracovic. I mean, when healthy, man, he's absolute dynamite. So I guess what, what, what are things that you have seen? What are things that pit fans should expect? And, you know, maybe is this just his job walking in? Is there going to be a battle kind of? Touch on that whole situation for him. Well, I think first of all, obviously Phil's track record is is impressive. You know, obviously, you know, obviously not the last couple of years he wanted um, up at BC, and you know, total respect for for Jeff Halfley and that staff. You know, Jeff was at Pitt when I played, great guy. Um, they just have had they had trouble protecting him, and um, you know, obviously the thing that jumps off the page is his ability to break tackles and extend plays, and mm-hmm. I think we saw that in the bowl game. The difference between Nick Patty and and what Keaton Slovis was able to do was extend plays and, and move the chains with his feet, bring the run element, you know, the quarterback run element into the into play, you know, to take care of that eighth defender, you know, in the run phase. And I think Phil's going to be able to do that. I think Christian, you know, uh, Valu from Penn State is a guy that's going to compete. Uh, Veyer Valu, that it, it depends who you ask, what, <laughs> how you pronounce his name, but I think he prefers Veyer. So that's we're going to go, go with that. But he's he's from north of the border, so we'll, we'll respect his wishes. But He's a guy that, you know, he's really talented, and he's not coming to pit to, to sit. So I think it's, you know, that, that room is, is transformed. You know, who shout out to Frank Signetti, John DiBiasso, their, their quarterback quality control guy who's done a great job. Uh, they've added talent, size, athleticism to that room, and it starts with Phil. Phil's going to be the guy that, 
you know, it's his homecoming. This is his last dance. And um, he's got an opportunity to, to do a Kenny Pickett, uh, if you will. And um, I know he's all chips in. And the thing you love about it is, you know, having depth behind him, you don't have to be scared to run him. That's right. And I think, you know, over the years, you've seen that with a Trevor Lawrence or a guys at different schools where you, they have such running ability, but you're, you, you feel like you're playing with fire. Mm-hmm. I think with the depth that they've built in that quarterback room, they can certainly um, not throw a caution to the wind, but be, you know, very aggressive with the quarterback run phase and a quarterback movement. Well, and it's interesting because you bring up Pickett, and I think people forget how mobile Kenny Pickett was, especially in his breakout season for Pitt. I mean, he was all over, and he already yeah. was, especially before the breakout year. He was more of that gritty kind of guy or known as. And then, of course, he added, you know, 35, 40 touchdown passes, whatever it was. So I think Jerk fits into that mold a good bit. Um, and just speaking of the passing game in general, I think Pitt's going to be able to protect him better than BC. And we, we alluded to that. I think that's pretty clear. Um, how do you see the passing game shaping up in terms of the weapons that will emerge for Phil? Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing you love about Phil and, and one of the keys to the late season success for Pitt was the ability to generate explosive plays down the field. Phil's proven that. You know, Zay Flowers is an unbelievable talent. But I think Pitt has some young guys, Bob Means, Kanate Mumfield. Guys that transferred in with promise, but we're only sophomores and, and first time playing in the ACC, a consistent power five schedule, got better as the season went on, played well in the bowl game. Um, I know they're, they're looking to supplement, you know, not only with the high school recruiting, some guys they brought in that I think they got 14 guys enrolled early. Um, guys like Lamar Seymour and um, some of the, the talented receivers, Izzy Polk from out West that can come in as freshmen, but also looking in the transfer portal to add some immediate help, you know, probably some size as well. But I'm also bullish, you know, on Gavin Bartholomew, the tight end. Yeah. I think Gavin's a guy that, you know, he, he, when when he is a, a factor in the pass game, he's got run after catch ability. And I'll never forget that hurdle against Tennessee. Freaky. Um, and Phil has a history of obviously utilizing tight ends and, and very well and did that at BC and you know, I think sometimes a quarterback just has an eye for that. You know, there's there's quarterbacks that are more friendly to tight ends than others. I think Phil fits the, the you know, the former, not the latter. Yeah, and, and it helps when you, you have a freak, you know, like Bartholomew that can just, you know, make you look so good and, and just – it doesn't have to be a perfect pass. It doesn't have to be, you know, right on the money for him to catch it. He's got great range and, and just his ability. He, he's a really, really solid tight end. I'm with you. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on him as well. All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. This is rare territory for us on this podcast, but we're going to talk about it uh, because Pitt is it, just what they do year in and year out. doesn't matter who's in, doesn't matter who's out. They find ways to do it. Um, and it, it's weird for me to say this, and, and just correct me if I'm wrong here, Pat, or, or straighten me out here, but I had really, really high expectations for this defensive line. And it's weird for me to say that because the production was still there, but I just don't know if they maybe met what I thought Am I crazy? Am I off? I think they, you know, production-wise, I mean, look at guys like Haba Baldonado, who you yeah. expected to have, you know, 8, 10, Massive. 12 sacks. Yeah. You know, a little hampered by injuries, got some more attention. Kalijah had a monster year, and mm-hmm. I think Kalijah's impact could be measured more in, you know, non-production sa- you know, right. plays than <laughs> just the attention he, get, he grabs. Mm-hmm. But I think you saw progress from guys like David Green who continue to make plays. I think Dayon Hayes has a chance to be a stud. But I would agree with you, Eric, that I thought, you know, I, you know, I didn't feel like they were having the year that maybe right. they had in, in 20 with right. Patrick Jones. It was kind of like Clemson, man. I just thought Clemson and Pitt 
we're going to have like bar none, the best defensive lines in the country. And it was just like flashy. Like we saw times where like, whoa, that's it. But other times where, you know, it's just, it, it just wasn't. Yeah, I think one of the things about Pitt's defense, you know, and Pat Narduzzi believes in, in, in that press quarter scheme, and, and he'll tell you what they're playing, and they get the third down, and it's a wild card, but they'll tell you what they're playing. They're going to line up the same. They'll have some tweaks here and there. I think there's something about it that just kind of morphs, um, you know, to what they have so many different wrinkles, and guys are so familiar with what they do that they can they can be a bend but don't break team too. They prefer to be they prefer to just feast on you. But there were times this year where they played great red zone defense and got takeaways. I think they've got better secondary play. You know, and Mark Wes Williams and, and MJ Devonshire are back. AJ Woods is back. Um, I thought Hallett had a great year on the back end. So, you know, they they leaned maybe a little bit more on that Servassier Dennis, you know, back than they did in years past. And obviously they'll miss Servassier moving forward, Brandon Hill, Eric Hallett, but they've got a lot of depth back there and you know, I, I'll, I'll never doubt Pat Narduzzi's defensive recruiting Ever. and, and talent, and I certainly won't doubt Charlie Partridge's ability to develop the linemen. And there's there's four or five guys in that room that no one knows about that are going to jump out, and and you know we'll be talking about them as you know the next wave of guys here pretty soon. Yeah, you read my mind there because the the way Pitt reloads specifically on the D line. I mean, that you can count on it every year. I know you said there's four or five guys that of names we will learn. Could you give us a few names that we need to watch out for on that D-line? Yeah, I'd start with, with Dayon Hayes. If I could put a clinic tape together of putting a tackle on skates and getting him moving backwards against his will, I think Dayon would be the featured the featured teacher. Um, he's really strong. He's He's got unbelievable twitch. He's big. He's a Pittsburgh City League kid. And I am I – am, you know, I'm on the hype train for Dayon Hayes this year. I think, I think this kid is going to be the next great one. Um, he has the ability to. It's up to him to, to obviously go do it. Uh, Sam Okanola is a, is a, was, a, was a highly rated guy out of out of the Northeast that they were able to get on campus. You know, wears number seventeen, looks like Rashad Weaver. You know, six five, long arms, fast, twitchy. Um, I mean, really, really talented player. Um, you know, inside, I mean, they've got some young guys inside. Aaron Donald's nephew, Elliot Donald, is a guy that got some snaps in the bowl game. Sean Fitzsimmons is a young kid from Central Valley High School. And then I think, you know, David Green is a guy that, you know, David David Green, Devin Danielson have kind of been those – they've been the plugger opposite the – they've been the thunder to, to Elijah's lightning. Right. <laughs> I, I think David's ready to be the lightning. Mm. And it's amazing the freedom they give these D-linemen. <laughs> and depending on where you at, I mean, obviously, if you're playing the nose, you're going to get doubled more than, than if you're playing the three. And they're going to find a way to put those guys around. But, you know, I would say that Dayon Hayes is a guy that everybody in the ACC, I'm sure offensive coordinators are aware of him. But <laughs> I think um, I think uh, he's a guy that's going to jump on the scene pretty quick. Yeah, he's he has that ability, man, that twitch. I mean, we saw the I think it was the Miami game. He had three sacks uh, and just his innate ability to wreak havoc. I mean, that, that's just. So what I think about when I think of a pit defensive lineman and he's got it. So excited to see, can he take that next step and understand it? It's his show if he wants it and all the attention that comes with it, a lineage of pit defensive linemen. I mean, it's, it's all there. It's all there for the taking. Like you said, you just got to go do it. Uh, you mentioned some of those great leaders specifically on the defensive side that you are moving on and, and unbelievable players. I mean, we saw that this year specifically, but who, who will be missed most? Can you touch on a couple of those guys and, and just, you know, who they are as pit men, but also as football players. Yeah, you got to start with Savassier Dennis. I mean, he, he had a C on his chest last year. I mean, the, I'll never forget the 
never forget the uh, no doubt about that. Never forget the. Uh, <laughs> The, the the shovel six against Clemson and all right. And, I didn't ask about two years yeah, ago. I asked yeah. about this year. Come on, Sorry. I had to go there. I, I had to go there. Now his instincts, you know, his leadership, um, his understanding of that defense. You know, he was he's the computer chip in the middle there, and you know it's going to be you know Shane Simon. I think is the guy that can that can move in there. Um, they've got some young kids, Kyle Lewis, Brandon George, that can play. Um, and I think another guy is Eric Howell. You know, Eric Hallett was much maligned in early in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, the Western Michigan loss that probably prevented Pitt from, you know, playoff. being in a top yeah. a playoff. He was, you know, he was in great position, but that field safety position for Pitt is is the most difficult position on the field. Mm-hmm. It, it is really a third corner playing at six seven yards off, and against slot receivers that are talented and 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 have a three way go four way go, <laughs> especially in the RPO game. Um, but man, did he have a great 2022 and, and, and it started with the ACC championship game in 2021. Right. So they'll miss him a lot. Yeah. And, um, they're going to rely upon some, some younger guys, Javon McIntyre, um, and company to, to fill that void. And, you know, it's a steeper learning curve of that position. Not, not as much <laughs> mentally, but, but also, you know, in terms of your coverage ability and also obviously, um, you know, you gotta have a short memory cause you really are a corner there. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I love about, man, I think of, you know, the two most difficult positions in football, quarterback, number one, um, and then defensive back, specifically corner. Like it, it is so you're going backwards. I mean, it's not natural offensive line. I know we go backwards, but you're going backwards against freaks, against absolute dogs that, as you said, have four way goes. I mean, you don't know any idea where they're going. And this pit defense, they, they rely on it, man. I mean, that's who they are. You, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That press man that we see, I mean, it just aggravates people. And, and it's something where you've got to be ready. When you come to Pitt, you have to know you're on an island. That's just the way it's going to be, and, and you have to be ready. You have to figure it out. Okay, we kind of touched on a lot of different things for this team. Um, let's talk expectations, man. Let's talk about 23. There's no divisions. There's new scheduling model. and A lot of people are excited about this, but just wanted your thoughts on on. What's the ceiling for Pitt? What do we expect from them in 23? You know, I think they'll probably get some, you know, tempered preseason expectations just based on, you know, what they continue to lose um, in terms of, you know, high-level talent. Mm-hmm. But the pieces are there to, to be ultra-competitive and, and be – they're going to be in every game just based on their style of play. And it's going to come down to explosives and the turnover battle, and that's, that's what we saw this year. I think Phil Dracovic brings an exciting element to this offense. I think their schedule is is one that lends itself to a lot of attention nationally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at it, you know, you're going to open up with, with Wofford, but obviously then it's, you know, Cincinnati at home, at West Virginia. You know, you're at Notre Dame. Let's go. Let's Jer- go. <laughs> Jerkovic, Jerkovic going to, to Notre Dame to play. You got, you got Florida State at home. You got North Carolina at home. So two, mm-hmm. two of the preeminent quarterbacks in the ACC, probably the yeah. two best going into yeah. the year, yeah. you know, in Akershire Stadium. You know, you take care of business in those games. I mean, you're right there. So mm-hmm. I expect this to be a tough pit football team, a, a team that, you know, really embodies the mentality that, that Pat Narduzzi wants. And they're going to have to do it by committee because there's not a Kalaja Kansi. You know, there's not an Izzy Abanacan in preseason. But I think, you know, recent memory would, would indicate that those guys are going to emerge. And um, I, expect, I expect this team to go into conference play battle-tested yeah. like they did last year. It's going to come down to those four or five plays, those sequences and games that are the difference between, you know, going back to a conference championship game or, you know, fighting for that ninth, you know, eighth, ninth win. 
Yeah, it'd be plenty of opportunity for the Panthers, man. Cannot wait to see it. Love this team. Love the culture that they have in place. And uh, I think 2023 is going to surprise some people. So thank you so much, man. This was so much fun. Great having you on talking about Pitt. Appreciate you guys having me. You guys have a good one. Thanks again to our guy, Pat, for joining us. His insight was great. Again, I mean, this is one of the things that we love about this series is we are getting the guys that truly know this program. He was out there with Pitt at the Sun Bowl for a week. And if you had asked him what to do about that Vegas mm-hmm. number, he would have said take Pitt to cover, okay, because he understood <laughs> that Pitt was ready to go. I think my favorite line of this whole episode was when my guy said, Pat, or Pat Bostick said, Pat Narduzzi is an underdog and he will bite you. I that That is a heck of a line. <laughs> to me, that sums up Pat Narduzzi. What he has built at Pitt, he does not get enough credit. We try to give him credit, but I think nationally he doesn't. And 20 wins in two years. The Pitt was the program that knocked Clemson off. It wasn't Florida State. It wasn't North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Miami. It was Pitt. And I, I think they deserve more credit mm-hmm. for that. I'm very, very intrigued to see how this Jerkovic situation goes. We've seen one-year quarterbacks work out well. We've seen one-year quarterbacks not work out well. But the fact that he's paired with Frank Signetti, I think, will make a huge difference. And just the O-line insight, that's something Pitt fans should be really excited about. And honestly, Jerkovic should be excited about because I think he's really good line, Mac. It's going to be a little bit different for him, not having to, to run around like crazy, more like what he was used to at Boston College this year, as we all know, was just such an anomaly with all those injuries. But I digress. Uh, big shout out again, like you said, to Pat. Uh, just so much insight that we would have no idea about. I thought the UCLA thing that you just touched on, I, I thought that was the biggest kind of insider type thing, just the vibe of the team and, and just you know all the disrespect that was kind of thrown their way. Even by us, I mean, we, we picked UCLA to, to win that game. We might have picked Pitt to cover. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, they were just ready. And, and the better team won. And the excitement that that is going to lead into winter, the momentum that that's going to have, it, it can't be undervalued. It can't be stated enough that you know that's going to help them tremendously. And I'm excited to see what this new you know offense is going to look like, assuming Phil Dracovic is the guy. Um, I do think a lot like Pat said, it's going to be very run oriented still. I think that Ronnie Hammond Jr. is going to have a really big opportunity to be the guy. That Tennessee game, I mean, he went nuts. People kind of forget he was the starter going into that Tennessee game um, or West Virginia, excuse me, and then got injured. So I think we're going to see some big numbers for him. I, I think some people might have forgotten you know, what he did when he did get his opportunity. So I think he's going to be just fine. I'm interested to see can the pass catchers take another step. I know Bartholomew is is good, maybe great, uh, but how can everyone else elevate? I think that's going to be a big time you know challenge for Pitt this offseason to just get those guys right. And you know, Pat said, yeah, they're they're young and and maybe a little inexperienced, but they've got to figure it out uh, and they've got to be able to help him get the ball downfield, have those explosive plays. And lastly, of course, that defense. I mean, it's just no matter what, I know the Pitt defense is going to be good. I know it's going to get after the quarterback. It's just going to be who's next. And and Dayon Hayes sounds like the guy. That was kind of the guy I had circled. Uh, We'll see, though, KG. I I can't wait to to see what this team looks like. Hopefully we get to go up there again for fall camp and and see those guys, maybe even a little bit of spring ball, uh, just so I can get my kind of litmus test of where I think they're going to be early and often. But that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Big shout out to Pat Bostic joining us. Uh, we need you guys to go over to YouTube if you're not here already. 
smash that subscribe button. Join us. It's been awesome to see the growth. You guys have been really coming in strong for us. We greatly appreciate that. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that as well. Always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see you all.